Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. On this week's episode, what looks sharp at RazorCon? Gamers take on the Guardians of the Galaxy. And what will be the future for Dune? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, Game Source, the Lakers Fast Break, or Inside Sports Fantasy Football, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our own part of the House of Atreides for Pop Culture Cosmos. You gotta go ahead and catch him today at humanicomedia.com, popculturecosmos.com. You gotta catch his great shows, Topic Ocalypse and the Super BS Games Cast, plus his amazing book, which you can get today at Amazon and Barnes and Noble, entitled Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? All right. Okay, to, to start things off here, I don't know if you guys had a chance yet to discuss what was played of Cowboy Bebop, um, that, that trailer that they showed on Netflix. But I've, there's been this like weird reaction to it from all the people that I know because they all know that I'm a huge Cowboy Bebop fan. And granted, the trailer was not – like it was – it was cartoony, you know, and like, I, I like really hope what I see from it. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it too. I hope that the show is not like that, but like, I liked that trailer. Okay. But I'm having all these people who know that I'm a big fan of Cowboy Bebop. They're texting me now and telling me that this show looks dumb and I should not waste my time watching it. So I, I just, I'm curious what your thoughts were on it. And I like you, it. I really you, like it. In fact, I'm not a fan of the anime. And I like it, and I'm going to watch it because I think it's stylistic, and I am I kind of like it. it's different. It is pre, it's presented yeah. differently, it's shown off differently, and I really like it. The only thing is John Cho. I know people were concerned about the fact that he looks a little bit older than the lead character, obviously from Cowboy Bebop, but I'm going to say he's going to get away with it. But yeah, he does look a little bit on the older side, but I like it. It's very stylistic. It's very reminiscent to me of what I've seen from the anime, so I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if I'd want to watch a whole series with that tone. The great thing about the anime is that it was able to switch from being like a jazzy cartoon piece to mm-hmm. something more. It knew when to take itself seriously. And so I guess like I'm just hoping that that show is able to make those same transitions because that is what makes Cowboy Bebop great. It's a tragedy. It's a jazzy tragedy, I guess. I don't even know if that's a term, but like, you know, what I'm trying to say like it's got that cool like jazz. It's cool. But it's also got that like heartbreaking feeling that a story like that needs to be told properly. Okay, well that's pretty heavy. That's more heavy than I would talk about when it concerns Cowboy Bebop. But okay, I I'm just I, saying, man, it's just like there's certain elements of that make that story good, and I just hope that they're able to transition all those elements into real time instead of just trying to make an exact replica of what the anime was not that this trailer put me off of the show but i just hope that it has all the things that make it so great it just looks fun to me i mean they go after bounties and they're bounty hunters and stylistic and it's cool and to me it's kind of different you're right it may get old as far as the stylistic look after a few episodes but right now i'm really amped for it so i just i'm really excited to go ahead and see it I'm, just, I'm excited for just the next couple of months on Netflix. I mean, yeah, Cowboy Bebop and The Witcher. It, I don't know. And just even like Games Pass, you got Halo and Forza. There's just a lot lot to occupy ourselves with in the coming months. Yep. And you got obviously Spider Man. You got mm-hmm. that. And then also you got Matrix Resurrections. That's coming out later in December. So yeah, it's going to be a very interesting rest of the year for 2021. I'm excited for it. Still kind of miffed at Halo Infinite for not coming out on the 20th anniversary. But hey, yeah. you could get a mini fridge instead. Yeah, yeah, the the mini fridges. I can't believe that those uh people are scalping those fridges online right now. What's like a, it, it was You got Okay, you are one of the individuals that buys stuff. Because it's it's, it's become impossible to well, get how, otherwise. So how can you say you're not believing or you're just like th- this is our society in 2021 where everything is it's, bought and then resold online it's insane man it's insane and i'm gonna have more to talk about on this subject when we get to the toy part but okay yeah i don't know like it, it was 200 dollars at target and i'm seeing people like scalping those pre-orders on no, they're 100 bucks like, msrp they're 100 bucks yeah and i'm seeing people scalp them on scalp those pre-orders on ebay for about four or five hundred dollars it's crazy and then speaking of scalping and whatnot I know there are some things going on in regards to the face mask, the Zephyr from Razor that was oh. sold. And actually, as you talk about this tonight, Sunday night, which again, by the time you're hearing this on podcast, you won't, won't be eligible to get it, unfortunately. And I apologize for that. But Razor Zephyr is going to go back on sale again after the first batch sold out. And that's being resold online for uh, quite a bit more. That's the whole face mask type deal with I've, the RGB with the N95 yeah, filters and all that. I've seen those. I've I've seen. I mean, I I read about this uh, this shortage of them. I guess and people. It's that's it's cool. It's a really cool product. I just I didn't think that it would be something that would really hit the way that it has. So I guess it's, be... it's all it's the RGB effect. That's all. It's it's Ray the Razor is presenting right. it with the RGB, but. Speaking of Razor, Jamie Monroy, our good friend from Game Source, big shout out to him, did a walk in honor of all those for breast cancer, either those going through it and that's also survivors, did a walk for his uh, wife and his family who are currently suffering through that right now. Big shout out to him. Our thoughts are with him and his family. 
but also all those survivors out there. So please, if you can support the American Cancer Society, please do so. I did a walk today to support the fight against breast cancer. But my friend, Jamie Monroy, whose family we are sporting and thinking of here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, he will stop by here in a little bit to talk about RazorCon, speaking of the Zephyr, and some other peripherals that Razer introduced, which got everybody up in an uproar in the gaming community. So we'll talk about that, plus his thoughts on the increase and price changes going on with Nintendo Online. Is the new items included worth the value? He's going to share his thoughts coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, we've got Don Fobbs returning once again for another fabulous TV update for October. Cannot thank her enough for stopping by. She's going to stop by here in a little bit. Plus also as well, Mr. Josh and I are going to be talking about a lot of good things, including some toy memories that he has. Guardians of the Galaxy, that's coming out to consoles not to the theaters but to the consoles this time around is this something we're going to be interested in do we hear good things about it we're going to talk about that coming up again josh will have some toy memories i will set some time aside for the uncharted movie trailer that came oh, out God. yes i know josh has some thoughts so i said on the friday show i would save some for this show as well so we got to hear what josh says plus i probably have more to ramp on this so We'll go ahead and talk about that coming up here in a bit. But my friend, it all starts with Dune. Dune finally hit theaters this past weekend and HBO Max. It was heavily promoted as being a day and date release, unlike the previous week where Halloween Kills was kind of thought of as just a movie only release. But lo and behold, as they finally started marketing it really that to support it, it's actually out on Peacock simultaneously. And that earned 50 million last week. But because of the hype that went into it, it did earn about $40 million at the box office, slightly less than what I was hoping it would get, but still it's actually right around what analysts are predicting or actually had predicted for the movie because of the fact it was so heavily promoted on HBO Max. I was hoping for a little bit bigger returns because this brings in the question now. It has earned $220 million worldwide as of this weekend. So there's a big concern right now about the future as far as part two coming out for that series. My question to you is, you've seen the movie, as have I, on the HBO Max platform. I plan to go see it in an IMAX format later this week. Your thoughts on Dune before we get into the real, you know, before we really get into the talk about will there be a sequel? Why they didn't actually plan this out and film this back-to-back as a sequel in the first place? Why didn't Denis Villeneuve get a guarantee, which I still boggles my mind after what happened with Blade Runner 2049? Your thoughts on Dune the movie before we really get into the future of it. All right, so I, yes, I I watched it. It took me, oh, sorry. took me a couple nights to get through this movie, and... I, I I did in, I did enjoy it. I was trying to explain to my wife like it, it's really unsettling. Like it's a very unsettling movie. Just like the way that it's it's got such a dark tone and the music and like you don't really these characters don't behave like your archetype archetype archetypical archetypal characters. They're all just violent and they're either really violent or very noble, I guess. And like that's just. I've not been able to predict anything throughout the course of this movie. So that being said, 
I did enjoy it. I feel like it's a really bold move to end the movie where they did and how they did without a guarantee of a sequel. That was, to me, the most boggling thing, my friends. After what yeah. happened with Blade Runner 2049 and the fact that the third movie in the trilogy that was supposed to be a planned trilogy for Denis Villeneuve, it didn't get made. It didn't get, well, it, well, it hasn't been guaranteed that it's not been made yet, but it, he didn't get a guarantee up front that that was made. So after that happened, you would think he would have gotten assurances from Warner Brothers to maybe film this back-to-back or something like that. We Like we've seen before with Lord of the Rings and some other movies that you film back-to-back. You'd think he would have gotten some guarantees ahead of time before he underwent this process and told Warner Brothers what exactly he wanted to do and film this over the course of two movies as opposed to one. That, to me, was kind of mind-boggling because the fact that now we're, we're all dependent on what the movie does at the box office and on HBO Max. So it's like we're on pins and needles because... Warner Brothers has given no inclination either which way whether or not they want to go ahead with the movie. They've said it's just dependent on what it does here in the U.S. In fact, after they did they did a conference call as far as their numbers are concerned, and when they did, they specifically said about Warner Brothers, that is, Warner Media, said about this movie that, you know, a lot rides on what it does this weekend. And with a $40 million take, which is okay, you know, which is not too bad, but we don't know how well it did on HBO Max. So if it does get greenlit for a sequel, you can thank HBO Max. Yeah, well, I mean, looking at the worldwide return right now, it's about $220 million, which I would say is pretty good, uh, considering the movie had, I think it was a budget of $140 million. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they've made back what they spent plus you still got to use the three to, you, you still got to use the three and a half to one ratio three times no, one yeah and i know that but i mean and this the box office numbers we're getting aren't even counting what's on hbo max so i mean you know i, I feel like that could be a lot more than what we're actually aware of that being said like it feels foolish like even even looking at the numbers right now, it would be foolish of them not to make the sequel to this because enough people went out, especially like, you know, we're calling this the pandemic box office era. Like a lot, enough people went out to watch this movie. You know, it, it's already doing better than, you know, a lot of the movies have so far. It just, it makes sense to go ahead and green light this. Even like Hans Zimmer has already been working on music for Dune Part 2. Like it just, it makes sense to move forward with this. Uh, it, it does make sense to move forward with this. I'm sorry that he didn't get any guarantees. So you said you liked the film, correct? I, I liked the film. I didn't, I mean, I want to know more. You know, I want to see the rest of it. I think the film was had a very dark tone to it. And I think it'll be uh, much it, better if, it, if Part 2 does get made and you can, watch them together in unison it does have the halo 2 style ending where it just stops but to me it was a really good film especially the first 75 percent of it was really good as far as it's concerned it was really good there's a lot of exposition a lot of like setting things up for what will eventually happen in part two and i feel like because of that a lot of the characters didn't get to get fleshed out as well as they could have been Agree, because a lot of the characters are like a little bit here, a little bit here. Uh, Outside of Timothy Chalamet and maybe Rebecca Ferguson, a lot of the characters only get uh, maybe like a, you get a sample of Jason Momoa here, then you get a sample of Oscar Isaac here, then you get a sample of Josh Brolin here, and so on and so forth. 
or, or Zendaya, you you barely even see her in the film. I mean, there's you only get little bits of these each of these characters. Even Stellan Skarsgård, who plays you know Baron Harkonnen, and that's good that they centered around Timothée Chalamet because he is such a key component of this film. You know, and a big issue too is that there are so many and his hair. Characters. I just got to mention his hair too. And his hair, yeah, as its own character. But there are so many interesting characters in this movie, yes. and you know, it almost feels unfair that each of them did not get about twenty minutes of screen time to like kind of develop you know like we got to see like you said we got to see the glimpses and initially you do want to know more hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast you've heard others but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the jock and nerd podcast here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, Jay, as Tim Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Jock uh, and Nerd! You know, as far as, like, it being a faithful adaptation to the novel, like, I've only read a few chapters of the book. I think I was too young when I picked it up, and I kind of, like, lost interest. One thing I did notice that was different was the... Uh, the doctor lady, the one that put the thumper out in the ground, you know, yeah. she was, um, she was a he in the book and she, and he was related to Zendaya, Zendaya's character. And I, I, I'm curious if that's going to be played out in the, you know, if they're going to mention that at all in part two, but other than that, like it seemed pretty faithful to what I had read so far in the book. It's Have actually, you read the book? Is there, what are your thoughts? I've been reading it over the course of the past couple of months. Uh, here, a little bits here, a little bit there. I'm seeing a lot of similarities between what's going on in the books and what went on in the film, at least part one so far. And I've been told, and I've seen that this is probably of the miniseries, original film, and this film that this is the most sincere adaptation to Frank Herbert's work. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing praise all over the place about that. Do you, I, I guess like, I will say though, that you need to see this out in the theaters. IMAX, I, that's, this, this is, yeah, this, this, I, I saw it, it on TV and I'm, I now want to see it even more on IMAX. Yeah. That, and that's what I was going to mention is the fact that the cinematography, it, it's beautiful. And I love the, like. I know I talk about color palettes, but this has some really beautiful color palettes, right? Like on the planet where they come from, you get like your blues, like it's almost like grayish blues, but they still like pop. And then you go to the the Arachnid and you get like the oranges and the golds, right? And the dark browns. And when you're on Harkonnen, you get the blacks and the reds, like very Sith-like. And it, it seems like each house has their own unique set of colors. And every shot, even when they're about to like go into these big battle scenes, 
have these beautiful establishing shots. Like this is what made Blade Runner 2049 such a magnificent film for me was the fact that they really went above and beyond to like help immerse you into that world with each shot that they, that was made for that film. And that's why I really love Dennis Villeneuve and I love his cinematographer. Yes, Dinkins, I absolutely Right, yeah, and I would absolutely love to see this movie in theater at some point because just watching it on the TV did not do it justice for me. Agreed. Very much agreed, and I will be seeing it in IMAX for sure. I'll just say right now that it's very close to the magnificent work of Blade Runner 2049. It just the visual style yeah. is just about as good. I thought a little bit more colorful in Blade Runner 2049, so a little bit more eye-appealing but not by much. This is these are just both this movie and Blade Runner 2049 from a cinematography standpoint is just a cut above everything else that I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, and as we're closing this out, I got I got one more question for you. So I I haven't read I have, like I said I've only read a few chapters of the first book and I have been looking into like what the next set of books is about. And this is something that the like Children of Dune and the, all that. Yeah, yeah, Dune Messiah, Children of Dune. And this is something that all these old sci-fi novels suffer from is all the action. Like even look at Orson Scott Card's Ender, Ender's Game. All of the, the action happens in the first book. And then the other books that follow are just like a slow winding down of events. So, you know, Ender's Game was like that. All the actions in the first book. And then it's just like these really boring, like what happens after. And I'm reading about what these books are. And it seems like it's kind of a less exciting what happens after so i'm wondering here like if dune one is successful and they make this the second part do you think they're going to tackle a messiah dune messiah or a children of dune you think they're going to try to tackle all six books if they do then i would say hbo max would be doing in a series form because i don't think denis villeneuve is going to be there all the way I really think you're only going to get him for one more film, and then he's going to move on. Maybe Blade yeah. Runner 3? Yeah, I mean, one can hope. But, I mean, even, like, reading about these books, like, Timothy Chalmay's character, like, dies in the second book. You know, sorry, spoiler alert. But still, I, I just, I it would seem like you would need a miniseries because I feel like once you, the flagpole of a movie, like, is no longer part of it. Because his son rises to power and becomes more powerful than even his father in, in as far as in the future books and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, I think that it, for Timothy Chalamet, the thing, though, is I think people, a lot, a lot of people are going off the campy 1984 film where he doesn't die and he becomes the most powerful entity out there you know, for the universe in Dune. So I think they're yeah. seeing, they're basing it a lot off that. So that may be the ending. Who knows? But, you know, at this point in time, it's still, we got to get a green light from Warner Brothers on this and very, and pretty soon. But even if that's the case, we're not going to see it for another couple of years. But I still, it just boggles me why Denis Villeneuve would still not go into this with an assurance that there was another film that he could do this back to back that he could film these movies back to back and not have these being released back to back that we have to play this waiting game it just it, yeah, it's kind yeah. of it's kind of uh, disappointing that he did this again after learning already what happened what we learned from Blade Runner 2049 kind of messes with his reputation too because people are not going to want to give he's the man to go to to tell these intricate sci-fi stories but nobody i don't i feel like nobody's going to give him a chance if this were to be bad you know and i was almost thinking while i was well i was thinking this while i was watching like it would be cool to see his take on a standalone star wars movie 
There you go. Very stylistic. Not like a, yeah, not like a trilogy piece, but like a standalone Rogue One type thing. Just what he could bring to it from a visual standpoint would be just absolutely outstanding. I would love to yeah. see that. But what are your thoughts out there on Dune? We both enjoyed Dune. We both liked Dune. We both encourage you to see Dune at the theaters. Hint, hint, IMAX. Hint, hint, IMAX. So please share us your thoughts on Dune if you checked it out in the theaters or HBO Max. But well, either which way, please support Dune to get Dune Part 2 made. Do you think a Dune Part 2 will get made? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, my friend and our good friends, Don Fobbs and Jamie Monroy, coming back to back on our interviews, wanted to go ahead and ask this before we hit the break. The Uncharted film had its first trailer last week. I spoke a little bit about it with Melinda Barkhouse on the PCC Multiverse last Friday. But I know I, I said that I would save some room for you on this week's episode of The Cosmos. So... All right, my friend, before I go, maybe on a little bit even more rant, because I've been thinking more about it, what were your thoughts on the Uncharted trailer? Uh, it was unexpected. I wasn't expecting what I saw, and it seems a weird move for me to see them do like an origin tale, but use uh, adapt to the fourth game instead of the first one, which actually tells the There, really there were elements from the fourth and the third game in there that I yeah. saw. Well, there was elements for it seems like they were picking bits and pieces from every bit of it though, yeah. you know, like every every game they're taking bits and pieces. So it's with that wondering like they're almost like I guess what would you call it? Like rap not plundering the the franchise. So like if this movie's successful and they move on to a second one, like what's gonna be left to do? You know, there it seems like they're taking all the best parts of these games and putting them into this movie, but I would assume that they want to make it like a trilogy or something or a franchise out of this. So it just, it seems like an interesting move to me. Also, I no, don't Elena, like that. There's, there was a lot of people that right, were not in right. this. Right. And it I was also Chloe though, that was in there. Chloe and the, the other lady from a uh, lost legacies in there. She was also the, one of the villains in uncharted four, but just and it also seems a weird move for them to like make him actually a teenager in this instead of but he's not a teenager that, he's like in an early well actually we had like maybe they, 18 19 they well they made the, yeah yeah but i mean he's not over 21 you know yeah. and like they made that joke about him not being able to drink in the trailer and yeah i don't like this idea of a younger version i don't know i still like tom holland did a little bit better i guess reaching the to role, the choir but, my friend yeah, I thought he did a little bit better than I thought he would be, but I still don't think that he was the right fit for that. He was not the right fit for that. Let's just put it out there. I said that on the Friday show. I've been saying it for a long time, my friend. I was still the biggest Scott Eastwood fan in regards to this. I thought he was a perfect fit. I thought it was a perfect match for it. Right age, right look, right mannerisms, right characteristics. The only thing that he doesn't have is his own name as a star to front this type of film. Yeah. He could have put it as a series on a streaming service and Sony would have still made a, a, a killing on it. But I'm assuming that Tom Holland played the game or just had some sort of affinity for the game and said, I want to do this as a project. You know, that's how it got he's, the whole thing got started. He's definitely, he's hot right now, man, with the Spider-Man and 
I know, but I'm not happy about it, my friend. <laughs> it, 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 it just doesn't seem like a good fit. And then Marky Mark, who at one time was pitching to be a Nathan Drake years back, one of the many iterations of this movie, how it's gone through production and trying to get so, made. Yeah, he was actually wanting to be at the Nathan Drake at one time. Probably could have been a better Nathan Drake at that time, but yeah. it's very questionable. I'm not understanding why they just don't choose a better path, but again, I'm going to keep my eyes and ears somewhat open. I am going to support it. I am going to watch it. So we'll see what happens there, but you're going to go at least check it out, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll definitely watch it. And, you know, my wife's a big Tom Holland fan, so I'm sure we'll watch it at some point. But yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't what I thought it would be, but I also, it, it didn't disappoint me, if that makes sense. Like, I don't hate what I saw, but I just, I'm not super impressed with what I saw. Oh, just to let you know, uh, Tati... Uh, Gabrielle, she plays Braddock. Uh, this is a new character. This is not Nadine from the video games. This is a totally new character that was brought up and created. Where they had her wearing the same things. Yeah, it's just, again, it's, I don't know what they're doing here. So far, what I see is, is there's some changes that because they have to make changes because, God forbid, anything worked in the whole entire Uncharted series, even though it's one of the most stylistic and most cinematic ready video game series of all time. You could just literally cut and paste, and there you go. You would have an excellent movie, but you know, leave it to Hollywood to go ahead and make the tweaks and changes that doesn't necessarily need to be made. But Oh, oh well. But we'll watch it anyways. It is Uncharted, the film that's coming out next year to theaters. So we want to hear your thoughts once again. Have you checked out the trailer for the Uncharted movie? We want to know your thoughts. Are you as kind of bewildered as we are? Or are you excited to see Tom Holland going ahead and banding about as Nathan Drake in the upcoming Uncharted movie? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, coming up next, back to back, we've got two great interviews. First up, it's our October TV update with Don Fobbs. And then we've got Jamie Monroy, our good friend and compadre here at Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, Degenerate 2018 on Twitch. He's going to be up right after that talking about RazorCon 2021 and Nintendo's online issues or problems or rate hikes or benefits. Is it a good thing or bad thing? All the stuff that's going on with Nintendo Online. He's going to talk about that as well. And after that, Josh has some toy memories on the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really, truly defined who we are, then you got to check out Season 1 of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. want to thank you so much for joining us. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here on the program. It is that time again for our magical TV update 
She is back and back with a vengeance to give you an update on everything going on in the TV world. She is an amazing person, and you got to get to know what she does with her daughter at the Mother Daughter Ish podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. It is the lovely and incredible Dawn Fobbs. And Dawn, great to have you back on the show once again. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I enjoy it. <laughs> I know CBS has grabbed some of the headlines with some recent extensions because yeah. there are some of their new series. In fact, all their new series were just on a 10 episode slate. Right. Some of them have been approved. Some of them have not been. So I want to mm -hmm. hear your thoughts on if you have any updates on some of the series that have been approved for a full season order. CBS, I'm so glad that they're kind of getting on the ball with listening to the public of what it is that people want to hear. I know you are excited about NCIS, <laughs> right? Well, not, not really. Not, I mean, Gibbs left. I'm not, I've never really been a big fan of the show. I know it's something in our house that's popular. I understand after 18 seasons, Gibbs has yeah. left and that's going to leave a big time yeah. mark. And, and this is something I know is you as a long time television viewer knows that any time that you have the lead character in a series take off i.e what we saw with andrew lincoln and the walking dead it's really yeah. hard to continue you can but it just has this visible effect on the series as a whole yeah well i see that csi vegas got now i told you last time though that yeah. is still in question because it has not received a full season order even though right. there are many faces that you see from the previous series so I'm concerned. And don't, you think, don't you think? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm concerned because it's this kind of late in the ordering that you would already have seen, you know, commercials and hey, we're coming back type of thing, right? Well, well, you already hear it in the trade papers. Three shows already on CBS have gotten the full order: FBI International, NCIS Hawaii, which has also been a big hit, and of course, yeah. the latest one to get is something I really thought didn't look very good, but obviously, a lot of people are liking it to the point that Ghosts extended yeah. for a full season order. CSI Vegas is the one in question right now. It's yeah. second in the Fast Nationals and in the demo on Wednesday nights, but still trails far behind the Chicago shows. I'm thinking the reason they may have renewed Ghost is because they do have it slated under their comedy section. And if you know, most channels try to have a drama. They try to have a cop show. They try to have a comedy. They try to have a family series. So I'm thinking because they put this one under comedies, because when I was looking through it and I was like, comedy? They put it under comedy. So maybe they're just trying to hold on to that variety until it can get back. Now, I did see that Smallwood was going to come back mid-season. So that one is getting a comeback mid-season, it says, though. Yes. Are there any other things going on in the TV world that need an update on? Because, again, a lot of these shows right now that are just starting out, a lot of them are still in question on getting full season right. orders. but. Anything trending right now in the television world? I know why The Last Man, and we talked about this on the Friday show, that was recently canceled. So FX <laughs> has said goodbye to that show. So The Last Man <laughs> is a zero man because he's no more. This particular one got only 400,000 viewers, whereas this top one gets 600,000 viewers. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know the magic number. Because I would be thinking that 600,000 is like a really good number, depending on how many years you've been on the thing. So I don't know what the magic is they're looking for. Or if they, I know in the beginning when streaming and everything started and the DVR and all that, nobody was looking at real time TV. Everybody was kind of like still going out on Friday and Saturday and saying, hey, we'll catch that on DVR, TiVo or whatever. So maybe it's a who's watching in real time, like appointment setting TV, as opposed to who's going back and watching it too. 
But you also got to remember it's about the fast nationals when it comes to the the demo rating for the 18 to 49, which is the most valuable of ratings. I mean, I've seen shows that have decent ratings overall with a number of viewers, but have been disappointing to the stations and the networks because they don't get that 18 to 49 demo. And that's something of real concern for all these shows. Right. The, the money spending group. <laughs> Yes, too. Apparently, I don't spend any more money after I... Right. And I would think that our group is the group that has the most disposable money. But when it comes to the commercials that they run, if you look at it, the commercials are not talking to us. No, no. Yeah. They're the ones that are most likely into going ahead and changing to streaming networks. They were the ones that are most likely to not be watching television and be out and about or watching movies or doing anything other than watching broadcast television. So, again, I understand that's who the advertisers cater to. But right. the reality is, is that not as many people of the younger audiences these days are watching broadcast television. Well, streaming has just been so awesome to me in the last few weeks that it has had me in a whirlwind. I mean, I got so excited on one of my shows. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was just that good. And then the next one was just as better. And I was just like, this is why they're not capturing that audience that wants to do appointment setting TV. We want to watch it when we want to, how we want to, where we want to. Friday night, 7 p.m., sit and wait. No. And now networks are including that in the ratings as far as plus seven. So it shows that are maybe on the fence. We'll see a green light for an extension or just let's say a renewal for the next season simply off of those plus seven ratings. If they see a large enough audience that thinks like you do, and says, you know what, I'm going to catch this later. And if there's a large enough audience, because they do gauge those numbers, right. then that could be the difference between a show succeeding and a right. show getting canceled. Right. But if you think about it and you look at the last award show, there were so many people that were so upset because Emily in Paris won an award and so many other streaming shows as well. That one particularly comes on Netflix. The next day, it was such an uproar on the blog sites about they're so upset about streaming. So they're saying, forget about ABC, NBC, CBS, and all these others, Fox and all that. We'll just put our shows on streaming because obviously now that they've included them in the award shows, we can win either way. So it was a huge uproar with that one particular movie in because a lot of people hadn't heard of it. I saw it last year, but it was really a cute movie. It was just as nice as any of these other movies you put on Hallmark or Lifetime or anything like that. Sweet little show. And it's got a renewal. And it's they were so, let me tell you, the next day, every blog that I looked at was about hating that that show got an award. And I'm like- Which show? Emily in Paris on Netflix. Oh, yes, yes. That would, well, that, and that was something I want to ask you when you're touching yeah. on the subject because of the fact that streaming- and let's see, even the cables from the HBOs and Showtimes. Right. HBO for over a decade has earned quite a bit of acclaim. And now that it's evolved into HBO Max and then you've got right. Netflix, all these shows, because of the fact that it can do things that broadcast television cannot do because broadcast television is confined by content, language, obviously things that they can't do that the streaming networks can't, there's always a built-in disadvantage for them when it comes to getting awards and acclaim because right. of the fact they literally cannot do what the streaming and cable outlets can do a lot better. And we have to be smart enough to know also they have to impress their advertisers because the advertisers are what makes the show go. That's how everybody gets paid on network TV is through the advertisers. So they kind of got to please them as well. 
before yeah. we head on out, let me know of shows that you think people need to check out and where can they catch your awesome podcast? Okay, awesome. I'm glad you asked that. There is a streaming site called Tubi. And on Tubi, you can also then get all of your local channels wherever you live. Tubi is, is not very expensive. It's just about $5 a month or so. Yeah, T-U-B-I. Uh-huh, T-U-B-I. And then you have Sling TV, S-L-I-N-G TV. It's 10 bucks a month. And it also will give you all of your local stations as well. But then you can also get all of your shows like American Assassin and all of those shows that maybe you weren't into because you didn't catch them on regular TV. Like there are a lot of shows I never caught on regular TV. But then when I went into the whole streaming world, I could then find those shows. And then there's another one that I didn't even know about, but I researched and it's called Philo, P-H-I-L-O. It's also $10 a month, but you can get not only your local stations, but you can also get your international stations like BBC America News and BBC Worldwide and all of that. And I love watching BBC. So that was exciting to me. But here's what I want to tell you and where you need to watch it at. Nine Perfect Strangers is absolutely amazing. I remember last year I was in Mexico and I turned on Netflix in Mexico because no, none of the hotels have regular TV. I turned on and I saw that Blacklist was on there and I was like, but it's not there in America. Well, that's okay. Blacklist is now here in America this month. You, Y-O-U, season three came back and just blew me out of the water. And then the show that I don't know if anybody's watching but me, because every time I ask somebody, they look at me crazy. It's a show called In the Dark. Have you seen In the Dark? I've heard of it, but I've not had chance. Oh, it's on season three. And please don't ever watch season three without going back to one and two, because that's what's going to give you the setup. And season three was everything and more to me. The one that I, I was telling you, making the joke about, I almost thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. It was Blacklist. You got your crying. You got your laughing. You got your heart beating fast. You got your funny. You got every suspense level that you were supposed to have in any show. This is one you got to focus on. And the reason you have to focus is because there's so much interesting that's going on that you may not even realize why that happened until three episodes later. Now, your latest episode is adulting-ish. I can't even explain to you the concept of adulting yet. And I'm, it's like I said, I'm 52 and I still don't get it. So I'm going to be able to make sure to take some time and listen to your latest show. So hopefully I will get some information so I can be adult. It is in a very fashion. good conversation, especially for those ages of 20 to 35 that just complain about adulting every single day. There's a lot of conversation. Again, my daughter's 27. I'm almost 50. So our language is so different. Our understanding is so different, but we both broke it down why we feel. First, I feel like there shouldn't even be a conversation about adulting, just like no one gave me a manual on how to have four babies. No, nobody told me anything. I just had to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> the same way is, is that, and then also explaining that adulting is not about a particular system, but it's about what works for you. And I think that's what people need to do. And, you know, thinking about all of these streaming sites, as opposed to network TV, my daughter and I are going to be doing a documentary in 2022 for 2023. We are definitely going on a streaming site. I'm telling you now. I will tell you what, you're going to have to go ahead and check out what she's doing each and every time out on the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. It is Don Fobbs. Don, thank mm -hmm. you so much again for being thank on you. the program. Looking forward to next month right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. 
Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Pop Culture Cosmos, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Going to be talking to Degenerate 2018 here in a second in regards to RazorCon, which caters to that very cool audience out there that loves his professional gaming, computer peripherals. And plus, he's also going to be talking about Nintendo and his thoughts on the online component, which has gotten a little bit more expensive. But why? He's going to be talking about that here. But Razer is a company out there, maybe not the general audience is too familiar with, but if you are in the professional gaming, professional PC, gaming, streaming, do you want that upper echelon of computer equipment? One of the places you, you're going to turn to is Razer. And with that, they did make some announcements, which I know a lot of people are liking. Of course, it's always with them very colorful because you've got the RGB going on, making all the nice shiny neon colors, as always. You, so you got to make sure your mouse, your keyboard, your headgear, and now your mask is all glowing with the RGB right there for you. But Sold out within minutes. $100. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah, absolutely. So you're still in the pandemic, and what better way to go ahead and fight off anything from the coronavirus than with an RGB unit right there for you. So... You know, but really... I, let's put it this way. I'm going to spend $100 on that mask before I spend $100 on a fridge. But it is the Zephyr that you're talking about. It looks pretty heavy this. duty. Yes. But like you said, it's already sold out. So. Well, so. I'm sure much like everything else, that'll be on eBay soon for about $1,000 instead of $100. So you know. Yes. Yes. But there were some interesting things you said you gathered from the RazorCon 2021 this year. They always have their nice line of high-end gaming peripherals, including their laptops and the desktops. They do sell components, which obviously get everybody excited. But what got you excited most at RazorCon? They went to their basics, the chairs, you know, the laptops, all the things you just mentioned. The mask, for one, did catch my attention. I knew it was coming. I kind of had a little insider on that one, so I was waiting to see if they were going to drop it at RazorCon or what was going to happen with it. I know the RazorBook, a lot of people were talking about that. The laptops was interesting. Gaming laptops, I will give them credit for. They have really done a nice job over the years. Remember a couple of years back when they had that really nice three-segmented mm. laptop that they showcased at CES, which got yeah. stolen by the yep. end of the <laughs> That it conference. did. Yes, uh, I remember It wasn't that us, place. guys. I promise it was not us. No, it wasn't Although us. Gerald, it was us. No, 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 it wasn't Gerald. No, Gerald no, would have had been... that on eBay quick yes. as you know what. Yes, yes. <laughs> But like you said, the Enki and the Enki X, the chairs, I mean, obviously they look nice and whatnot, but are you really going to go ahead and invest three or $400 in a chair? I think people should, if they want to go ahead, especially if they spend a lot of time on their gaming, that's something you have to consider. If you the do crack spend a lot of time headset, gaming or in your office in general, and that's something yeah. you want to do, I would definitely say that's a great investment. The Kraken Pro headset being sold at $200, it looks good. For me, all it's all not just about how it sounds. That's great. You're going to get the 5.1, yada, yada, right. yada. But as someone who has reviewed on popculturecosmos.com several oh. headsets over yeah. the years, what impresses me is not the sound. Aesthetically it's the mic. pleasing? Oh. 
the quality which is of the always mic, a big plus. Yeah, the, the quality of the mic I've seen varies widely depending on the headset. It sounds sometimes like you've got a pillow over my mouth or it can sound crystal clear. I mean, people talk to me, you've had this Audio Technica for five plus years now yeah. going on. Why do you still stay with it? And the fact is, it's because the mic works so much substantially better than any other headset I've ever tried. And if you can find one that's better, I'll switch. There you go. But the problem right. is you can't because they do not no. keep up with the sound quality. As soon as you but, find one that's better, I know you'll be the one that finds it. Exactly. And that's the problem because right around that $200 price point range, they all these companies that they do, whether it's them, whether it's anyone else that goes ahead and makes headsets in that range, yes, the sound and the quality is, is awesome. But to me, they do not put any emphasis on the mic, and that's to me a big problem. So hopefully, and that's huge. it's even huger now than it was when we were playing multiplayer games. You know, back in the day, it's even more important now to have that mic quality because you're content creating, and if your team can't hear you, that can mean the difference. Well, and like you said, it's all about content creation because you're streaming, you're trying to communicate to an audience, you're trying to entertain them. So the Kraken V3. Yeah. I mean, it's something that if they want to go ahead and put that out there, that's great. Just make sure it has the quality behind it. But obviously, they all had other components as well that you wanted to talk about. I mean, the fans that they're bringing out, the coolers, the I the really like that Halo bundle. Yes, that's what. Tell us more about that. That's tell what about, tell I us about that. Talk about. So the Halo bundle, what? It, oh man, I'm trying to remember everything. I got really excited about everything I saw. So that was, if I remember correctly was a keyboard mouse and then oh was it a gpu it was three items if i remember correctly and they were all based off halo infinite it was really aesthetically pleasing i liked the look of it well, what I've i see right now is listening on gamestop uh -huh. what i see is the mouse mechanical mouse. keyboard and a mouse pad oh, it's mouse pad yes my bad yeah that was yes. a mouse pad but still, aesthetically really pleasing to me because I've always been a fan of the Halo stuff that comes out that's themed. I had the Halo Xbox back in the day. Loved it. Still have it. Love it. Well, it comes in that things. Master Chief green that he's so well known for. So well known for. And it's got and a little, he, looks like a little belt damage here and there on there. So yeah, and it's got the like wound 17 right there to make sure the denotation is there on both the, actually all three, the keyboard, three. the mouse, and the mouse pad as well. So. And it's I believe the mouse has a small lightning, too, that would be the, looks like maybe the tealish kind of yeah. bluish effect. And you can get it now for $300. That's all. On sale right That's now all. at GameStop. Yes, so there That's you go. All. That's all. Such a deal. Such a deal. So pick yeah, that well, up when you pick up Halo Infinite, people. Uh, Halo Infinite. Just don't do it because I told you to because I don't want wives and what? girlfriends and everything else yelling at me saying, you told you them spent to buy 300? it. Yeah. I didn't tell them to buy it. I just well, said it was nice. But once again, I'm on with Degenerate 2018. I know him as Jamie Monroy from GameSource. You can that check out does. what he's doing at GameSource on Facebook, plus also Degenerate 2018 on Twitch. Subscribe to his channel today at Degenerate 2018 on Twitch. But before we head on out, my friend, you said you had some issues with Nintendo because of the changes that were made. The things that were added on as far as the Sega collection and a little bit more yeah. in the Nintendo game library from the past was added on, but they tacked a nice price onto it as well. Yeah, hefty little jump there, and I don't feel that it warrants it. Well, you did say more than the Nintendo library. Just to correct me if I'm wrong, is that GameCube or 64 that's coming along with that? 
I believe it's the 64. It's 64, yeah. And then you, oh, wait, though. You get Animal Crossing. Whoo. That's making me just want to run right out and spend that extra money. No, it's not. It's really not. I do like and, playing those extra old retro games. I have a lot of fun when I do, but charge it per game. Just put it in the Nintendo store and let people decide whether they want it or not. Don't shove it on us and then tack on an extra price. Right, because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I can just go buy a Sega Genesis collection game and just play it there and not spend the extra money with playing for online for the Switch. Exactly. It's, I it's mean, horrible. Especially well, the timing. The timing to me is what I think does the most of it. You want to do this price increase to even existing people in the middle of the holidays when people are coming off at times when they're not having a lot of income right now. They're maybe just be going back to work or might just be, you know, getting back on their feet from everything from last year. It's not going to be that simple and they're just acting like oh they'll all just run right out and spend this extra money because of this i don't see it but it is jamie monroy aka degenerate 2018 great to have you aboard once again the show my friend looking forward to bringing you back on whenever you want right here at the pop culture cosmos you're listening to the pop culture cosmos and we're back to close out the show it's the pop culture cosmos want to thank so much don fobs Let's also as well our compadre in crime, Mr. Jamie Monroy, our good friend from Game Source and Pop Culture Cosmos, Guardians of the Galaxy coming to video game consoles, coming to PC, Square Enix, Marvel, that whole deal. I mean, after the debauchery known as the Avengers that came out last year and that mess that's just starting to get fixed now. What are your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, is it something you'll be excited to go ahead and play as a gamer? No. Uh, I mean, (laughs) and that's not to say it won't be good. I just, right now, I just, Guardians of the Galaxy is not something where I'd be like, hold on, I'm going to pause everything else I'm playing to play this game. Just, it doesn't seem that good to me. But again, it doesn't mean I'm not going to play it someday. But it's just not something I'm going to run out and spend $60 on. We'll see what the reaction is, and I think we'll go ahead and report it on the Friday show, what the reaction for this is, to see if it's something that people will be interested in. But I'm curious, after what happened with the Avengers game, if people are ready to go ahead and invest more money with the Square Enix, with the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy game. What are your thoughts out there on Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, my friend, just wanted to ask you real quick, you had some toy memories for this week. I said last week about my memories of FAO Schwartz here at the Caesars Forum shops here in Las Vegas. But I know you have some new toy memories that you wanted to go ahead and delve into before we head on out. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to eventually make my way up to like KB Toys and Toys R Us. But I think today I want to talk about Target. Back when I was a kid, they would have the toy aisle, but they would also have like these racks like in the fronts of the store of all the hot toys. And I remember walking in there one day and they had back when the Power Ranger flip heads were popular and that you can get on this cart. They had like the Megazords and like the Power Ranger flip heads, basically everything you wanted of Power Rangers in one place. And, you know, this was back in the day when Target actually like carried cool toys. You know, now they have like collector stuff and all that and they have some action figures and all that but it's just it's all over the place and they can go there and have one thing one minute and then not have it the next minute it felt back then like target had an identity when it came to toys and now they just kind of sell 
whatever. You know, when I was a kid, I just like I, I remember walking and maybe it was because I was a kid, but I remember walking down the toils and just being like enamored by everything I saw. Like you can buy Transformers and get G.I. Joe's or Power Rangers. And it was Gundams. There was just like literally everything. And now, you know, and I know this has a lot to do with like the pandemic and all that and just what it's done to the, the cargo ships and all that stuff. But now you walk into a toy aisle and like you don't find that much. Like you find the stuff that is popular amongst like kids nowadays, like Roblox and Fortnite and all that stuff. But I don't know, like it's just, it was a different time back then. And I remember just being so excited as a kid to get like 10 bucks. I want to go to target and get a toy and I could do that and I could find the toy that I was looking for. But now you just, you can't find things anymore. And I know it's no FAO shorts with like the three stories of toys, but literally an entire side of the store on target used to be toys now it's like slowly becoming a little bit more condensed and toys are becoming a little more difficult to find and you know that's probably big thanks to some of the scalpers market but did you do you like back in the 90s did you ever walk down the toy aisles at target oh yeah absolutely walk down it was very representative of having a lot of cool stuff things a little bit different in this day's and age where they have to compete with the walmarts and the amazons the best buys of the world but Still, it was kind of cool at that point in time. I know they're very board game oriented now, which is actually cool for the board gamers out there. But to me, the toy department at Target was always something cool to behold. Yeah, yeah. And like one thing I do specifically remember is that you could go, someone could get like your grandma or mom or dad or whatever would could could give you like 10 bucks. And you can go in and there was a lot of toys that you could buy for $10 at Target back then. Now, like the cheapest toy that you could probably find at Target now is like is about fifteen dollars. If you want to buy a good action figure, you're gonna, you're paying about twenty to twenty five dollars for it. And I, I guess just like that inflation is what kills me the most is that these kids are never going to be able to experience what that feels like because everything is so much more expensive and it's so different. You know, you have these adults, these scalpers who are kind of made it hard for kids to find cool toys without having their parents have to go on eBay. Like just going down Walmart yesterday and just walking down that toy all there, there's about three grown men, each with their phones out, looking at toys and then looking at how much they're going for on eBay on their phones. So this is just what has been created, I guess, in the past couple of years. I would love for us to get back to a point where like kids can experience cool toys again at these places that their parents just take them to on a regular basis. What are your thoughts out there on Target and its devotion to toys over the years? And if you have any great toy memories as well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what toys take you back and great times that you had and whether it was a department store, whether it was a toy store, was a specialty store or any big moments that you had in your life in regards to toys. Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough, as always, for joining me. Want to make sure and let everybody know, if you are interested in shopping, it's already starting some of the Black Friday sales. We're already keeping an eye on Walmart and Best Buy and some of those other stores that are actually starting with, quote-unquote, Black Friday sales now. Josh, are you keeping an eye on that as well? I've been watching some of it. A lot of sales on TVs, appliances. Haven't been a lot of like toys or video game sales out there yet. Amazon had a big like anime sale a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I'm I'm watching it. And I, I know that they're kind of trying to trickle these deals out because the supply is so low this year. 
you know, and, and maybe next week we can kind of tackle like what effect we think the cargo delay is going to have on hot items this season. That would be an interesting topic to explore, not getting political or anything, but just kind of looking at the effects that's going to have on shopping this holiday season. But I am keeping an eye on it and I am curious like how things are going to work this season, just because if you look at, I guess, the market today versus what it was last year, or the year before that, it is drastically different. It is indeed, my friend, but we'll keep an eye on it for you. And also, keep an eye on our Facebook page, where we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. We report the latest news and trends in pop culture right there for you. And also, check out Black Friday deals popping up right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great day welcome to dr geek's laboratory dr geek here with another reminder that the eso network is pro science and pro vaccine we urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Star Trek is a vision. Great storytelling. My favorite TV show of all time. I really love it and it's so much fun. Join our crew aboard Earth Station Trek for your regular podcast escape into the Trekverse. Make it so. Let's see what's out there. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought we all agreed to say make it so. No, let's go, it's fun. But make it so is iconic. It's classic. It's too iconic. So we're all going to do make it so? No. (laughs) You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.